0: the dogs made sure coach peterson went out a winner in the vegas bowl washington was dominant on both sides of the ball vegas bowl victory
1: washington finished with an eight and five record and a whole bunch of questions around player decisions and possible coaching changes abc will be hearing from our lawyers if we hear them say cotton one more time
0: This is 4th and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated, Husky Maven. I'm Trevor.
1: And I'm Jake.
0: And we're like Charlie and Eddie. Uh,
1: I know. uh, uh, Murphy. (laughs) Charlie Murphy. (laughs) Charlie Murphy. (laughs) I love Charlie Murphy was not recognizable until the Chappelle show. Oh, no doubt. He was so funny on that show. But Eddie Murphy is untouchable. Have you seen delirious from eddie murphy he's literally wearing a red leather jumpsuit oh
0: no no yes i did see that one that, that one's, one's the best funny
1: one. so i got the eyes <laughs> your mom's all the welfare <laughs> and then he drops
0: it right <laughs> oh, it's
1: so good man. i love eddie murphy I was,
0: we we're re-recording part of it because our recording was only partially good so partially Um, I was waiting. And that's not our fault. (laughs) No. I was watching Saturday Night Live, and it was the Eddie Murphy one, and and he made the most funny comment. He was like, if you would have told me back in 1984 that I would be a stay-at-home dad with 10 kids and Bill Cosby would be in prison, I would have taken that bet. (laughs) That's messed up. Yeah. We uh, We got some big departures. We got some guys staying. We got departures for players and, of course, as some coaches have been relieved of their duties. Jake, what is your take first on Jacob Eason declaring for the NFL draft? You know, draft?
1: I think everybody kind of had a feeling that that was probably going to happen. I have two situations in my head of are they staying or are they leaving? And I think this was the more up in the air one. But I think in the back of your mind, you kind of always had a feeling he's probably gone. He's got an NFL body. He's got NFL talent everybody's take on it is he's not he's not ready yet mentally. You know, he, he hasn't played good enough in college. He's been super inconsistent. And that's all true. But at the end of the day, that's nobody's decision but him and his family's decision. And if he thinks that he's ready and he's willing to go test it out, you know, he's the fourth-ranked quarterback in this draft class. And if he thinks that this is going to be his best shot, then... Take your shot, you know. You, I don't think he can be mad at anybody or trying to better their life. And if this is what he thinks is the right call, then do it. Now, what I did appreciate is he played in the bowl game prior to declaring. So good, good on him for doing that.
0: I think that was strategic because you know we talked, we talked about Trey Adams and Hunter Bryant and. Some of the reasons why maybe they didn't. But for Jacob Eason, he did need, to, he did need tape because this year didn't necessarily go as planned right. for him statistically right. or in the win loss category. So he needed to put some good stuff on tape. Yep. And, and boy, did I he.
1: totally agree.
0: Some notable players who are sticking around Savon Ahmed and Keith Taylor, they, as they walked off the field, had a uh, Twitter video where they said, you know, something along the lines of coming back next year. So that was really good to see. And then yesterday, Levi sending out a tweet saying he's sticking around. And then of course, best of all, and of course, the best I'm staying tweet was from Elijah Molden
1: when he uh that was used so the Wolf good. Of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. I'm
0: not going to leave that.
1: That tweet was so good. Wow. Somebody made a really good point as far as with that tweet. That tweet would have never been sent out under Coach Peterson.
0: Interesting take. And you're probably so right. The,
1: the, the tides of change are already showing their head. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, things, are, things like that are going to happen. And people do things differently. And I'm kind of excited to see how things are ran different under Jimmy Lake.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I know that this sets up Jimmy to have a fantastic defense next year. There are some notable football experts that have said that Elijah Molden is the best slot corner in college football. So to have him back for another year. Right. And Levi.
1: And Taylor. Man. Man. And Taylor. How do you feel about Savon Stang? I like it because I think he needs another year. But then I also, in my head, I'm like, you know what? I like the younger guys a little bit more than I like him.
0: You can't have too much talent. Although I like the potential of the running backs that we have that are behind him. And the reality is Richard Newton after this year would be eligible for the NFL draft as well. Cam Davis looks like an NFL running back. uh, And Sean McGrew is still a really good option. But, you know, football's a war of attrition. And to have as many talented players as possible coming back i'm always for and he has elite nfl speed which can kill in college football now there's been at least a little bit of conversation about and i'm not sure if it's even possible because peterson's alluded to the fact that grad transfers coming to washington would be really hard because of the way the university's set up some people have mentioned kj costello are you interested a one year rental. Okay, interesting.
1: I'm not I, we're not Wazoo. We don't need one year rentals. We That's have guys a really that are sitting there waiting that have been in the system. So, no, we don't need we don't need a one year rental in KJ Costello. I don't think it's all that good anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah, and my my thought is if it was possible, I don't think that KJ Costello would be necessarily interested in coming to Washington because if you're coming on a, a fifth year option, you're probably not looking to compete for the job with right. guys who are viable, Pac-12 caliber uh, quarterbacks. You're probably going to go somewhere where you're Is... going to be able to win that job. Could he win the job at Washington? Yes. Is it a done deal? No. And therefore, I think that there's probably not interest he... on Costello's side. The last thing that we're going to cover before we get moving, Jimmy Lake making his two first two coaching decisions, and that was firing offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Bush Hamden and tight ends coach Jordan Pow Pow. Jake, what are your thoughts on those?
1: Hamden was the more obvious one of the two un- undecided decisions between Eason and-, and Bush Hamden. I think everybody knew that Hamden was probably gone, especially when Hamden and Eason hugged like, hey, thanks for losing me my job. <laughs> 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 it- I think Coach Lake just has an idea of what he wants to be as far as a team next year. And I think he wants to be an aggressive offense. And I don't think Bush Hamden has that in him. So, you know, Bush Hamden, good for him. They hardly waited 24 hours and sent a couple of guys on the way. So he's got an idea. Go with your idea and let's see where it takes you.
0: Yeah. And I'm interested. There's been some hirings of some offensive coordinators around college football. My guess is that Lake has who he wants in mind, and he's either waiting for the NFL season to finish or he's waiting for that team to finish their bowl game before yeah. he makes any decisions. On Jordan Pau Pau, uh, I think it comes down to this really shows you that Jimmy Lake values right. recruiting. You can say, like, yeah, hey, Jordan Pau Powell Pau's brought in k He's yeah. brought in Hunter Bryant. But, and, and Mark Redmond. And those are three really, really good tight ends. So why am I talking about that? The fact is those guys were, especially Hunter Bryant, Kate Otten, they were going to be easy to get to Washington just based on geography. But, you know, whiffing last year on a tight end, I think really hurt his chances of keeping that job. And then some things that, and and I don't know this, I, I just don't have this knowledge, but, Apparently, some of the the routes that specifically Hunter Bryant right. was running, running where he wasn't necessarily yep. super crisp on it um, comes down to some problems yep. with the tight ends coaching job. So, are those the only moves that he's going to make when it comes to letting go of coaches? I don't know. But you'd think that if he was, he'd do them all at once. So... You know, um, I guess we'll see. Let's move into the Vegas Bowl because we right. really haven't talked about it yet.
1: It kind of went exactly how I thought it would. You know, after looking at the preview game, we looked at Boise State's schedule and saw their quality wins were Hawaii twice. And they lost to a BYU team that we went to BYU and just beat the hell out of. So their their offense yeah. wasn't ready for our defense. Our defense came out flying. And uh, Eason apparently needed to prove that he was NFL ready. So he came out scorching the ball, you know, and then he looked good. The running game looked good. Defense looked great. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think Washington took care of business. Boise State can now basically shut up about wanting a better bowl game because they got torched by an eight and five Washington team.
0: Yeah. And it was apparent who the more talented team was, who the better team was, who the more physical team was and ready for the big stage. And it was Washington on all fronts. Washington dominated this game. You know, one of the turning points can be that first time those two seconds between where McDuffie missed the sack. Right. Till right when Miles Bryant picked that I know. ass off. I was so mad. And, and, and then he just threw an absolute duck, you know, I was like, okay, Washington can go take the lead. And when Washington takes the lead for the most part, you feel really good for the rest of the game. Um, But the big turning point for me, Jake was when uh, the defense was able to stop Boise state in the third quarter, Henderson, who had had success scoring Boise state's only touchdown of the game when he was uh, able to use some misdirection to put off balance a Washington defense that had been dominating and score that first touchdown. You thought, okay, maybe they're going to make yeah. it a game. If they score again, it's a two-score game. On a bootleg out to his right, he's looking. He shoots the ball with, uh, you know, almost a 0% chance of for that receiver to catch that ball in bounds. Washington t- gets the ball after the turnover on downs, and the game is essentially over.
1: You know, we get a stop on defense. You just talked about it, the Miles Bryant turnover at the start of the game, and Easton throws a dart to Bocelli, who, one, actually catches the ball, and two, makes defenders miss on the way into the end zone. It was at that point I knew if this defense couldn't stop Bocelli, they wouldn't stop anyone. When Just we were fire. sitting there watching the game, because we <laughs> had the game during my son's third birthday party, that was exactly like – i I'm sitting there talking to my uncle. I'm like, if they can't stop Bocelli, like we're going to have a heyday. And sure enough, you know, we kind of did. We didn't didn't blow up by any means, but, I mean, we kind of, for three quarters, we kind of just moved the ball at will on them.
0: Yeah, I mean, 38-7, to I think, is a blow up. I mean, what was interesting about that play is the lack of athleticism on the Boise State side. It looked like they just kind of ran into each other. And, like, Bocelli looks like he's flying.
1: I'm like, nah.
0: And that was, you know, what was really cool about some of the things that Eason did is he threw the ball from a lot, a lot more different angles, kind of going down to to that side arm, and that was one of those quick hitters where he just okay, ripped, John it, it ripped it, and ripped um, I was out of smoke. Afterwards, he <laughs> went over, big <A> cocktail, uh, <laughs> <laughs> grabbed, a, grabbed a pack of Marlboro Light Hundred, uh,
1: just waited for his turn to go back out
0: and slang again.
1: Just so everybody knows, little 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 backstory, my right. and Trevor's friendship. My bachelor party, we go golfing over in Eastern Washington over by Chelan. And for the first time of my life, I watched somebody. You People hit balls and they'll hit a tree and you'll end up behind – the ball will end up behind them. For for the first time of my life, I saw somebody Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hit a ball and the ball go backwards from where he was standing without hitting anything. Trev, who was that? Uh Matt. It yeah. was def- yeah. it was impressive. Uh yeah. I uh
0: I'm better now. I'm I that's yeah.
1: But you're hitting a, but
0: Not you're hitting the better. ball forward. But I can put the ball I can put uh, the ball gotcha. forward. Good
1: man. Good job.
0: Feeling good. All right, Jake, let's get to grades. What do you give the quarterbacks? A. Both quarterbacks?
1: <laughs> uh yes. Uh was it Newton? Yeah. Newton that threw a touchdown? Yeah. Uh I mean his QBR is off the charts. Yeah. So 1 for 1 with I, a touch, I, the touch baby. The quarterback position I give an A. Uh Easton had a really good day. So, you know, he he definitely helped out his draft stock.
0: Yeah, he did. He was he was firing the ball all over the field. Jake, what do you give the running backs?
1: Running backs I give them an A. The running backs were kind of the stable of the offense all day. Uh, Yeah, Eason had a good day, but the running backs were what moved the ball consistently throughout the entire day. Ahmed had two touchdowns. Newton had a rushing and a throwing touchdown. Uh, Running backs were the workhorse of the day. Not to mention, uh, Cam Davis had a rushing touchdown that was called back on a bogus holding call. Yeah, you're
0: absolutely right. And and that was a bummer because that was a really cool, uh, a special play for him to get into the touchdown in a bowl game. And that holding call should not have been called.
1: Nope, absolutely not.
0: It seemed like they played to the running back's strengths. You saw a lot of Newton up the middle. Um, you saw Savon able to do go up the middle and bounce it outside. Attack the edges. Yeah, yeah. and then um, when McGrew um, got some touches, they also got him out on the edge and some swing passes as well. I'm wondering if there was a little more Jimmy Lake nuance in – the creativity of the offense.
1: Yeah. And I'd really like, i still, I, I am churning for more McGrew touches just because I think that guy is so dynamic as a runner. You'd have to think, think he, he was kind probably of, beat up this year. Yeah. One would hope so. I mean, I don't hope that he was beat up, but Dang. that's, I hope I, I know. I hope that he was beat up and that's why he didn't get touches at in, Other than, he just didn 't get touches because the coaches didn 't think he could do it, because in my opinion, McGrew is kind of a hybrid between Newton and Ahmed, where he has the potential to be, to do both of what those guys do best, uh, and he might you know he 's he's a master of none but exceptional at, at both, you know, and I think that he has the potential to be a really good back. For this team moving into the future.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, it's funny that you say that. That's a five foot seven guy that's about
1: 180
0: pounds, but he does fall forward. Jake, what do you give the wide receivers?
1: I don't know if you've noticed the pattern here, but I'm going to give them an A. I'm going uh, to find the pattern out eventually. Someday, <laughs> maybe by the offensive line. It feels
0: like the Da Vinci code in here.
1: I know. It's, it's complex, my grading system. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's definitely a curve. This might be my first or second A of the year for the wide receiver group. There has not been many. I I do know that. Um,
0: This bumps their GPA
1: up a little bit. Yeah, they've moved up to like a 2.2 GPA average. I liked that there weren't any dropped balls. And we'll clump tight ends into this group because really there was only one tight end because Hunter Bryant was out. Devin Culp got some run but he didn't get any catches so we'll just throw Cotton into this fold and he definitely boosts this grade up because uh, I mean that catch that he made along the sideline was spectacular
0: unbelievable
1: I mean it didn't get a whole lot of net yardage but man the difficulty on that catch was amazing
0: so there was a couple of really cool things about that play because that was a, a really small window that Eason was throwing into and he was going across the hashes and he threw that out route to Otten, who just stuck his big, big mitt out and caught it with one hand, brought it in for a a small gain. But the level of difficulty on that throw and that catch were very, very high.
1: Now Trev, you know me, you know just a little bit. We've we've hung out once or twice. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a big guy. I'm six five, two two fifty. Yeah. Uh, you- a little athletic. If I tried to catch that ball, my wrist is breaking off and my hand is falling to the ground.
0: Yeah, you know that's that's an interesting uh, interesting way to put it because for a big guy, you have pretty good hands. I would be interested to see, and uh, maybe we get your brother-in-law out to throw you a fastball out there because uh, I don't got the wing to do it. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. I there's no way. There's no way I make that catch. Well, if and- I'm covering you, I'm going the opposite way
1: for six. <laughs> if you're covering me, I'm going to the hospital with a torn ACO because you're taking a cheap shot. <laughs> Even uncovered, I'm not making that catch. That that I I think that the level of difficulty on that catch is an A+. Plus. Yeah. And. It, it, everything about that catch just baffled me. I had to watch it like four times.
0: One thing that I want to talk about with the receivers is the receivers, especially Fuller and Bocelli, have been much maligned, and for, re- for good reason. They've been um, criticized. People, of course, have gone way too far, but it was really nice to see them finish their career out strong, uh, and especially a guy like Bocelli, who's really lost his job. Um, over yep. the year to come out and have a really strong final game of his of his football career, I think, was a pretty cool moment.
1: And score a touchdown. Exactly. Think,
0: he didn't score I, many.
1: I, yeah, and I, I think that him – and the way that he scored that touchdown was pretty spectacular too. Um, so I think – I, I agree with you on that, Trev. I think that it, that was a special moment for them to go out in a, in a good win uh, with a good story and for them to play well. I think that's important for them moving forward with this team it brings the confidence in this wide wide receiver room up bro bynum having a decent day uh he's moving forward with this team uh he, he'll, he'll be a contender for that number one spot next year you know who knows who's gonna get it you know a lot of people are uh instantly giving puka nakua the number one wide receiver spot but there's there's talent all around this this room so you know, Bynum's going to be a part of it regardless, and and Ty Jones is coming back, so you know I'm I'm interested to see where this where this wide receiver room goes moving forward.
0: I'm interested to see how Lake uses somebody like Ty Jones, who um, is a big body uh, and was and played in the Vegas Bowl. He didn't get any targets or any receptions. How do you utilize a skill set like his? And that wide receiver room is stacked.
1: I almost think I, I, I'm I'm fearful of Ty Jones kind of getting uh, having a career that parallels Cason Williams where he has a nasty injury that sets his body back and he's he never turns into the same guy he was before the injury. So I'm really interested to watch where Ty Jones recovery and his playing ability and time comes into play next year.
0: Well, Ty Jones, it was an up. It was a it was a hand injury.
1: He's um, a wide receiver that catches balls with his hands.
0: Yeah, I agree. And he's he he has dropped balls. I I don't see them necessarily the same because when I think of Cason Williams, he was pretty polished coming in. He was a star, and then when he broke his foot, he wasn't able to recover in time for his senior year where yeah. Ty Jones were still waiting for him to be that guy. Sure. And that's where I see the difference is will this injury and, you know, essentially a, a nullified year will this set him back? Has he been able to work on his footwork? What has he done to keep himself engaged with this roster? And that's something we don't know. And we're not going to see till spring
1: ball, and um, you know the next year for sure, absolutely. Jake, what do
0: you give the offensive linemen?
1: I'm going to have you guess based on the Da Vinci Code. Give me what you think I'm going to give the offensive linemen. Quarterbacks, you went A. Yeah.
0: Running backs, you went A. Receivers and tight ends, you went
1: A. Uh huh. Shot in the dark, A. Shot hit. Woo-hoo! Good Bull- bullseye. Champion. Champion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, I, I like the way that this offensive line played. Yeah. Uh, Nick Harris goes out with a really good game. The only thing I could think of was that hold on Cam Davis's run by Wattenberg. Um, other than that, you know, you're missing your your bell cow and your left tackle with, with Trey Adams sitting this game out for draft stock purposes. This offensive line just bulldozed the Boise State defensive line all day, made huge running gaps for this this running back room. And then, you know, we talked about it in the preview of the game. They have an uh, outside linebacker that has 13 and a half sacks on the year. And they didn't call his name but twice just to say, hey, where is this guy? You know, so, so offensive line, A, maybe A-plus on the day. And
0: uh, backup offensive lineman, Henry Bainavalu. he was named
1: the uh, offensive
0: uh, lineman of the game. Yeah. So yeah. big deals, big deals.
1: Good games all the way around, man. Everybody on the offense shined. They did what they needed to do. You know, thirty-eight is nothing to to gawk at. So I think I think that this overall, this offense as a unit gets an A, maybe a plus.
0: Oh, I would I totally agree. Uh, thirty-eight points against a team that thought they should be in the New Year's Six Bowl.
1: Yeah, well, we proved that wrong. Let's move to the defense. Defensive line. What do you give them? A.
0: They pushed. Boise State's offensive line back into the backfield, they were absolutely all over both quarterbacks for Boise State. There wasn't a lot of time. There wasn't a lot of room, uh, which allowed the defensive backs to be really, really aggressive as well. If you're putting pressure on the quarterback and you're making the re- running back change direction early, you're doing your job as an interior lineman as well.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and, and what helped out the uh, interior lineman as well was some really well-timed blitzes. Yeah, from secondary, you know that 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 interception that um, the quarterback from Boise State threw in the first quarter was a super well-timed blitz by McDuffie. He somehow miraculously missed the quarterback, but uh, it, it led to a forced error um, that was a really errant throw. I, I was a little shocked by that throw just because looking at the tape there was three defenders blanketing the one wide receiver that he had on route. I'm an elementary and school so, teacher. That looked like he was playing flyers up. Didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when he avoided McDuffie and it's not like somebody was in his lap immediately. Yeah. You know, so he just he just threw a ball up, hey, go get it. Yep. Linebackers.
0: Linebackers I'm going to give an A. Wellington finishing his husky career second on the team in tackles fucio becoming a household name is is really, really good for this Washington program where the middle linebackers at times were maligned. It was nice to see for like uh, Brandon wellington a four star highly regarded guy who didn't necessarily have the career that we all thought he would have uh, to go out second on the team in tackles uh and giving up only seven points to a Boise State offense. I think that warrants an A.
1: DBs.
0: Uh, I'm going to lump them all in together and I'm going to give them an A+. Those, that unit has been really the, them and the defensive line, right, have been really pretty good all year. And at times the defensive backs have looked elite. On the other side of that, sometimes there's been some communication issues where, We've seen, over the top. yeah, we've seen, uh, forty forty yard plays given up by the secondary for the first time in years. Yeah. So bringing in a, a Boise State offense that it was ranked in the top forty to hold them to seven points and to absolutely confuse both quarterbacks—that's what we like to see. And then, of course, getting two two interceptions, one from Elijah Molden, and of course the other from uh, Miles Bryant a great way to end his career, and for Elijah Molden, a great way to end his junior year, and he's not leaving.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think next year you're not going, especially with the amount of returners on this defense, I don't think you're going to see the amount of 40-yard passes over the top of kids that you saw this year. Yeah, uh, It seemed like every time that those 40-yard ha- passes happened, it was over a true freshman yes. that was in their – just making freshman mistakes, and that's okay. They will fix that, and next year, they will, that defense will be better. So I, I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be really hard for us to wait till a season preview to get into this uh, because it's it's just on our minds. Jake, who's your okay. offensive MVP?
1: Uh, Jake Beason. Yeah. Uh, kind of has to be uh, 22 of 32, 210 yards and a touchdown. He. Really helped himself out with his draft draft stock. And because of that reason, he's now going. And you can't blame the kid, man. He played really, really good. You know, everybody had these really high expectations of him. He had some pretty big inconsistencies this year. But in the bowl game against a really good defense, the kid showed. And you kind of got to, you know, give him a hand for the way that he played against this. The last, I'd say the last two games really is what you wanted to see from Eason the entire year. A vocal leader that came out, didn't get flustered, didn't you know, he he didn't get driven out of the pocket. He stood in the pocket, made decisions, made quick throws, and hit his guys on in stride. And and those last two games I thought were very impressive. And you really saw a corner being turned with him and 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 I really appreciated those last two games and I appreciated what he did for the University of Washington.
0: Yeah, well well said.
1: Defensive MVP, hit me.
0: Elijah Molden. Yeah. And it's not close. I mean, he led the team in tackles. He had a half a tackle for loss and he also had a, a huge interception at the beginning of the second half that really started to drive the nail into the coffin. So, you know, we've already talked about both of these guys already early in the podcast cuz they're two major contributors. One is deciding to go to the NFL, the other's coming back, and it's already been said he's widely considered the best nickel corner in college football. And he's coming back. And he's going to be a leader on this team as Miles Bryant, one of the more inspirational and vocal leaders on this team, leaves the program. That defensive back room is now – their eyes are going to be on Elijah Molden and Keith Taylor. And those are going to be your – Leaders going forward, and Elijah Molden shows time and time again that he's up for the challenge of not just talking the talk, but walking the walk.
1: Totally agree. And my favorite part about you picking Elijah Molden is that I nailed the head on the coffin.
0: That doesn't – I need to get you a proverb
1: book. I hit the nail on the coffin. I hate you. Both of my picks in the preview show. I said East and Molden. And guess what? You proved me to be the smartest guy in the room. And I'm in a room of one, so thank you, Trev. I am also
0: in a room of one because it is twelve forty-one at night in the morning.
1: Everybody in my house is asleep,
0: as is mine.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, that'll do it for Fourth and Inches of Husky Podcast. Make sure you tell all your friends about us. Go onto your favorite podcast platform, rate and review, give us those five stars, and check out our other podcast, Husky Hardcore, with Jake and I and former Husky legend. Noah Dickerson, as we cover the Washington men's basketball team.
1: And check out si.com forward slash college forward slash Washington for more great Husky daily content. Go, dogs. Go, dogs.